Hello, and welcome to Shattered Lives, an informed, conversational, cutting-edge radio show in touch with today's issues that impact the lives of crime victims, addressing the aftermath of crime, forging a path for hope, building awareness, and empowering listeners for the future. This is Donna Argor, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host, Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, welcoming you to today's show into our library of weekly archive shows. It is our goal to make a difference. Um, So good morning, good Saturday morning, wherever you happen to be. Lady Justice here, along with my co-host, Delilah, and a brand-new guest, as always, and uh, we, we, we do have a brand-new new show on tap for you um, with um, new information to impart. Uh, we're going to be discussing a missing persons case, but also targeting um, how one gathers community resources in order to help one's case, and I think that's a skill in itself. Um, but before we get to, to our guest, Liz Gonzalez, I want to... Uh, say good morning to my fair-haired uh, co-host uh, and PR manager, Delilah. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Donna. I'm great. I'm great. And I just quickly want to give a, a plug for the Inside Lens Network, which is the housing network of this show, Shattered Lives. And it's also home to um, a lot of other podcasts like Crime Wire. Imagine publicity on air, writers, tips of the trade, mob and mafia stories. So there's there's a lot to listen to. There's about 700 episodes in there already. So you can you can binge on just about anything you like. And I also want to mention that some of the podcasts on this Inside Lens Network highlight criminal cases. Some of those cases are still open investigations, just as the one that we're doing today. Um, I just want to let everyone know that our intent is to allow families to present information for consideration by listeners. So our our podcast and and host in no way represent our guests. We don't claim to solve cases, nor do we wish to jeopardize any open investigations. The guests present their own information. And while we may suggest some resources and assistance we're not liable for any actions that they may take. Um, I think it's really important to know that because, you know, I think sometimes guests come to us with the with the thought that we are really able to do something. Basically, what we do is give you a platform for your case. So just needed to say that. Okay. Well, that's always good to keep in mind. I mean, we do try to help like I say, empowering, creating awareness and education. But beyond that, you know, that is left to other other people to do. And, and so we have to know our role. And I think that's, that's what we need to impart to guests. It's very difficult, uh, Delilah, and I think it applies to any guest that we have that, you know, they, they are so distressed and frustrated with the system per se that maybe sometimes their expectations are you know uh, are a little bit out of kilter in terms of what we can or cannot do or what anybody can do. So we all, all of 
the people have to work together as a team. And, and we, we also, which relates to this show directly, we also have to be self-advocates. And I can't tell you um, how that hit home with, with me just recently with our recent um, parole hearing. So that's very important. No, no matter, you know, who we go to for help, you, you know, uh, you have to be your own self-advocate. And it's, it's hard information to hear, but it, it is the truth in this day and age. So with that um, said, I want to um, introduce to get today's guest, um, Liz Gonzalez from um, New Jersey. Um, she is the sister-in-law of um, a missing person who was presented um, during the family hour at the Q Center um, annual conference in March, uh, Naomi Gonzalez, and Naomi is a member of a huge, extended, very close-knit family that spans many states. And to have someone who is a matriarch and so beloved and so integral, inter, integral within the family unit go missing and perhaps perhaps murdered, we don't know at this point, it's devastating to a family. And we, you know, we don't know where to turn. Sometimes we have to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and, and start moving and start gathering resources. And I think in talking to Liz, um, I learned so much about the fact that she was able to do that, you know, kind of uh, network and gather resources. So, Liz, without further ado, I want to say good morning and thank you so much for being part of the Shattered Lives um, radio network here. And we're anxious to impart not only Naomi's story, but how you've been able to make the progress thus far. Well, good morning. Thank you so much, Don. I want to thank you and, and Delilah for having me on the show. I appreciate um, the support. And yes, it's as, as you mentioned, Naomi is my sister-in-law, I married her brother, and I've been in this family over 37 years now. And it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a terrible experience to have a loved one go missing. Nami, in her circumstance, she is the baby of 12 siblings, um, big family, and so being the baby, she was kind of the one that all of us took care of, all the older siblings took care of and watched over her, and and she took care of, of their mother, of my mother-in-law and her father-in-law, until both of them passed on. So she was just, you know, just a very unique, a unique member of the family and someone that is very missed every single day. Um, today is day 1,546 without Nemi. She went missing wow. on February, yeah, February 12th of 2014. And so we from New York, from New Jersey, from Puerto Rico, we, she went missing in, in Florida from the other states. We do everything we can to try to find Nemi. And that for us means keeping the public aware of her disappearance and doing what we can in terms of awareness campaigns as well as staying in contact with the police department and trying to enforce and make sure that this does not become a cold case with them because it is obviously over four years now. Right. And it is a full-time job. You know, um, 
so I think before you introduce her her story in detail, I just would it might be helpful to give um, a little background with regard to how you were introduced to the Q Center and 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 what your your feelings were going into that forum um, at the conference in this past March in the Family Hour and and you know if you're what your feelings now are now with regard to to that nonprofit organization and have they helped you? Okay, so Q, I connected with Q. Um, Alyssa Sterling is the Florida coordinator for Florida State Coordinator for Q. They're based out of North Carolina, and I connected with Alyssa about three or four months after Nami disappeared. I found her online. I was just searching for organizations, searching for any kind of resources that can help us. Um, came across Q, registered Nermi's information on the website, and then received a phone call from Melissa, and, and I met with her, and that was my first experience with her. And they've been extremely supportive, extremely supportive. And she ended up coming out. She ended up letting me know about their tour. They have their Road to Remember tour every year. They do their conference every year. And the first couple of years, they, they kept inviting us to attend the conference. And, and honestly, you know, Don and Delilah, I think, I, I think maybe I wasn't mentally prepared for that. Um, so for one reason or another, we either were traveling or we were unable to attend. We did attend this past March. And I can only tell you that it was an extremely emotional weekend, um, Raw is probably the best way I can describe it. It's sort of like Namigo's missing, you have all these experiences, feelings, all the experiences, and then and then you kind of put yourself into like a mode like, okay, all right, what are we going to do? What's next? What do we do? That's the whole thing when Nami went missing. What do we do to find her? And you kind of then start to do what, what needs to be done. But going to the conference kind of brought us back to, it wasn't about what needed to be done. It was about what happened. It was about meeting other families it was about meeting with an organization that gives you information, more information about other resources, what can be done, tips, information. Monica Kaisen um, invited me to not only attend the conference but also to be a guest speaker during the Victims Hour, which I did. And I had no idea, number one, what the conference was about and obviously no idea what Victims Hour was. And she said, well, you know, start with beginning, middle, and end and talk about you know, Nami and talk about her disappearance and talk about where the family is now. So that's what I, I went up there, you know, and I had actually three little cue cards that said, you know, little index cards. Okay, the beginning, the middle, and the end. This is what I can remember to do. And literally when I went up there, it just, it just there was no need to, to look at any index card. There was no need to, to do that because this was in the first morning we arrived at the conference and the love in that room, I, I don't know how to explain it, um, I went up there and started to talk about Nami, and someone commented to me and said, and I said to someone, this was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Even with everything we've been doing, I've never had a circumstance where I'm standing there and I'm talking solely about Nami and, and, and really like recounting everything that's happened over the past four plus years. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. And someone said, oh, well, it must have been hard when there's all these strangers. And I said, well, that was exactly it. I looked out. And even though there were all these people that I did not personally know, at least not yet. I got to know a lot of them, obviously, as the conference went on. They're, they were family. They were family because I knew I was talking to people who 
are not going to sit there and say, and, and look at me and go, oh, well, wow, I feel really sorry for you, and, and, and you must be feeling this and you must be feeling that. It wasn't about what they thought I was feeling. It's what they knew I was feeling because they experienced the same thing. And there was something very powerful about that and something very raw about the entire weekend, but it was amazing what uh, I was totally blown away and overwhelmed by everything that Monica, Lisa, Lisa, all the girls with, with Q do, and as, you, as well as yourself, Donna, everything and all the guest speakers. It was just an amazing experience, and it was very good for my husband and I. It was very good for Nami's brother to experience that and be around other families. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, I, it's, it's undescribable. It, it really was and, amazing what, what the conference brings to, to the families. Well, well, thank you for that. And I think we've, we've heard that from many, many other families as well. Delilah, uh, do, 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 do you get the sense that you've heard that from other families that have participated in that forum? Yeah, but i got to say, that, you know, Liz, your commentary just now, I'm like all teared up because <laughs> it that hour, I mean, I've been to, many many conferences but that hour is the probably the most important hour of the whole weekend um it it really sets the pace it's it gets the people who are attending who maybe don't have a missing loved one it you feel the pain i mean i don't have a missing loved one but i feel the pain that you're feeling and the other people who spoke not only this year, but every year before you, um, it and it it does something to you. It it reaches deep into your core, and it allows those of us on what I call the outside to to have a much better understanding and be able to pull out even more compassion. Um, you know, for your family and and all the families, it's 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 an indescribable um, event. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. She just just the way the the entire way the structure of of the entire structure of the conference was just pretty. It was amazing. We, my husband and I, were extremely like I said, we were overwhelmed. Um, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think you know your words are are. are um, powerful, and if we can touch someone else's heart to convince them, well, next year is my time to go to the conference or to volunteer or to send in a donation, we we certainly want you to do that at um, ncmissingpersons.org. And um, so I think that kind of sets the stage very nicely for you, Liz, to um, go, in, go into um, – as much detail as you feel comfortable uh, for telling people, those who were not there, those who are listening, to uh, Mamie's story, and then we can talk about some of the other ways in which you are continuing to advocate. All right, so so Nami went missing from her home in North Miami, Florida, Um She's as 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 we mentioned. She's it's a very close family. So if I tell you that here one evening she speaks to not one, not two, not three, but four of her siblings. Who this is this is the way it is. It's you know it's constant communication. How you doing? How's everything going? Just touching base. Um, she spoke to four of her of her siblings the evening of February 11th, and everything was fine. 
And then the next morning, we received a phone call. Um, her son woke up, and, and she wasn't in the house. She wasn't in the home. Everything was left behind, her pocketbook, her cell phone, her eyeglasses. The front door of the home was closed, but it was not secured. It was unlocked. Um, we checked with family members next door because she has a brother who lives right next door. That's how close the family is. And thought maybe she walked across the lawn to her brother's house. She wasn't there. Um, she had an appointment later that morning to have her nails done. We contacted the girl that she was going to have the nails done with to see if maybe they had left early. Nothing. So immediately the family knew something was wrong. No, no, We knew where Nami is all the time, all the time. Her her older sister, who lives not far from her in North Miami, and it, and is her best friend. I mean, they did everything together. They went to church together. They went shopping together. Did everything together. She right from the minute hit the ground running. She went over to the house. She they called the police. They filed the report, and she went out right away and started passing out flyers um, throughout the neighborhood because we knew right away something was wrong. This is not, this is not, and it's difficult because obviously most adult cases where people go missing, um, the police, you know, and a lot of times it happens, you know, someone's annoyed, they leave, or someone, you know, for a reason doesn't want, doesn't want to be there. This is, we knew that's not the case with Nemi. Nemi was, it was not the case with her, so we knew immediately something was wrong. Um, And it was just, I can't even express what that feels like and, 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 and the thought that missing, like, as I mentioned, I mentioned this during the conference, we use the word missing, but is anyone really missing? The person's somewhere. Nami is somewhere. Something happened right. to Nami, and Nami is somewhere. And, and someone knows where she is, and someone knows what happened to her that night. So what we have been doing and what we've been focusing on the past four years, four plus years, is to get that information. We want to get that information. We want to find Nami. So our thing has been let's do everything we can. Let's put it all out there in any kind of resource we can find to get her story out there because someone knows something. So, and Nami is just, she's very creative. She loves to embroider. She knits. She she does flower arrangements. She's She's a very creative person. We'll give you the shirt off her back hosts events in her home for her entire church congregation, backyard barbecues. In the summer, hosts kids, neighborhood kids to come in, gives them Bible study classes on her own. Just this is who she is. This is who mm-hmm. she is. And so we know something, we knew something was wrong immediately, and we know that someone has to know something, and we just we want that information, and that's what we want. We want to find Nami. And, and it is hard because... A lot of, a lot of, and I and I get it. A lot of, it's not easy. Like Donna mentioned, this is it's a full time job. It is. It does become a full time job. It's very, it's it's very consuming. It's very, it's a lot of work. If I tell you that from day one, I opened up a, a notebook and I started writing notes and I started writing notes and I've been doing the same thing ever since. And if I tell you that I am now on my twelfth notebook of wow. notes on Nemi's disappearance. What, what kind of notes are these people? People who you've spoken with, resources you've gathered, or, or what you—everything. Like a timeline. What, what do you? It's doing? like a timeline. You know it's, like, it's like my personal timeline. Every time I got on the phone with someone, 
and I spoke to someone, I wrote it down. Every time I, I, I contacted the media, I wrote it down. Anytime we did a, a community event or an awareness campaign, I wrote it down. Any, everything, every time, in the beginning, it was faxing her flyer to all the emergency rooms, to every single medical facility, to police departments, to, it was, any, any and everything that I've done, I write in a notebook. So you have documentation no, of everything that you've done. Well, t- wow, that that's a great tip right there. I was wondering if it was sort of like a healing type of journal, but this is documentation in terms of what you have done, and that's that's a it great is. thing it's documentation to do. Of, yeah, no, it's documentation of what I've done. It's documentation of what we've done, all the steps we've taken. Every time, like I said, I speak to someone. Anytime I, I we, we do an event, I write down the notes, what we did, who was there. What you know? What what did what kind of an event did we create? What kind of what kind of media coverage we received? Um, who was there? You know, it, it's it's and there are there's there's a handful of family members that um, because obviously it's difficult. She has a huge family and everyone's in different areas. We coordinate everything. My husband and I here from New Jersey with the support of her sister, the one she's closest with in Florida, and a sister-in-law and brother-in-law that live in Puerto Rico. So, so from the three different, three different locations, we kind of, whenever there's something going on, the three, we get together and it's like we're all there. We're there. Like there's these people that are there, you know, every time for everything. And, and, and I, I want to also say that I'm, I'm Nami's family. I'm Liz, but I'm Nami's family. So when I'm out there and I'm talking and when I'm out there and I'm doing it, it's not for me. It's for our entire family. It's for me, first and foremost, and for the entire family. Right. I become her voice and our family's voice. Mm-hmm. So you, you immediately figured out within the family unit who is going to, quote, unquote, sort of take charge and who, who had the emotional energy to say, this is what we have to do. And you pick people in Puerto Rico and in Florida and New Jersey or New York, and, and you did that. And I think that's... That's something that families don't think about. It's like, you know, we're all so devastated and we're here and we're, we're, we're engrossed in our grief, but someone has to rise above that and take charge, right, and, and decide, exactly. you know, this, this is what we're going to do. So, that, right. yeah, so that's, that's really an important step. But I, I want to sort of frame this, too, as well. Um, and not to say that it was treated differently, um, but maybe with a little bit more zest, because tell people about what her occupations were. Um, right. And, so Nam- and, right. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. So, yes, Nami's Nam- Nam- case, and this is one of the things that when we were at the conference, I kind of felt like, wow, there's a lot of, like, sort of, <laughs> there's a lot of people talking about negative experiences with their police department. Um, Nami worked for the North Miami Police Department. She worked as a receptionist. She was the first face you saw when you entered the police department. She worked in their record room, and she was also a neighborhood crossing guard. So when Nami went missing, this was obviously not just personal for us, but personal for the police department because mm-hmm. they know her. They know right. her. This is the girl that they all know her. So, so this, and, and a lot of them have, were in her home because she would see them in the street and say, hey, come, you know, let me give you a cup of coffee or let me give you a bottle of water or let me give you, you know, what – she knows these people, and these people know her, so it's family for them as well. So our experience with police has been very unique in that they are very supportive. Whenever we do any event, any awareness campaign, they are right there with us. They're very supportive. 
um, in terms of the investigation into her disappearance, of course, there are there are limitations on you know they don't they don't speak to us about all of the details of 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 what they're doing. They mm-hmm. tell us you know that they're working on the case, which we know they are. We we believe they are, and and they go and they do about their what they what they're responsible for. They go ahead and do the same way what we responsible for. We go ahead and we do, and we respect each other tremendously. And I and I appreciate the support, Larry Jariga, the chief of police, all of the all of the, the the sergeants, commanders, all of them detectives that have been involved. They've all been very cooperative with us whenever we need support on any of these awareness campaigns. They're there for us. So we do have a very unique situation in that. Unfortunately, we haven't found Emmy, and that of course is still always, you know. The goal here—that's that's the ultimate goal, obviously—is to find the means. Right. But we do have a unique situation in that in that the police have been very supportive. And and communication, right? I mean, you have good communication with them, and th- throughout like New Jersey versus Florida versus you know. Uh, so is there is there good communication among the different entities to try to make things happen? Well, our communication, as far as law enforcement, is strictly, obviously, in, in, in North Miami. And, no, there is okay, communication. Right. We, my, my husband and I, we go down because we go down to, 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 to see my husband, to see Nemi's sister that lives in Florida, you know, who, right. who obviously, who I, feel, who I feel has been most effective because her daily life changed when Nemi disappeared. All of us speak to Nemi on the phone. We were communicating. We went down and visited her. But when you have someone who's a part of your day-to-day life, and now they're not there, you know, so, so we go down every, my husband and I go down every four or five months to, to see her mm-hmm. and her husband, and, right. and, 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 and this is where we take the opportunities to go out and do what we need to do to bring the awareness back to the community. Um, one of the recent things, uh, the last two recent things we did was we were just there in, in March. Um, the city of North Miami holds what they call a fact festival every year. It's a family and community together festival. And they just have all these. They have all these local agencies and organizations come out and give information to the community. It's a great event. They have, they have the high school involved with performances. They have fire department, police department, all of the entities contributing something to this amazing event. And we came out. They invited us to come out because they know that we always want to put the information out there. We mm-hmm. went there. We pitched the tent. We pitched the tent. We passed out to pass out Nemi's information. In doing that, we've made a lot of connections with the organizations along the way. So here we had a forum where we had the opportunity to pass information out about NEMI's disappearance, which was the goal, but I wanted to take the opportunity as well to have these other agencies, the other organizations come out and give their information as well because they've supported us and want to support them. We asked Cuda so out. Did you do that? Sterling came out. I'm sorry, repeat that, Donna? Uh, no, I was just wondering... So what was the process in getting all these entities to share information? Was it, it started with Alyssa? It started with no, it started no, it was my it was well, it was my reaching out to each of the individual organizations. Okay. Like I reached out to Alyssa and invited Alyssa to come out and and, okay. and, and, and she came out with her husband David. And mm-hmm. then I invited um Guardians for the Missing, Alyssa McManus's organization that's based out of Florida as well, who's also supported us in the past four plus years. I invited her to come out. She sent one of her volunteers, Susan, to come out. I contacted, we've made a very, very unique, this is another very unique um, connection we've made, and that's with the medical examiner's office. Um, One of the things that 
and it sounds crazy, but it's what, you know, it's what we do. One of the things that I do is I go on the computer and I start looking for, in the beginning it was, you know, missing person found. It was, it was woman found or now, unfortunately, four plus years later, I honestly, I, I always go on the computer and I start to Google Florida um, person found or Florida human remains found. And I did that from the beginning. And, and in doing that, whenever I saw a story of someone that was missing, and it happened. It actually happened shortly after Nami disappeared. It was my first real experience with that, which was about two months later. There was a there was human remains of a woman were found underneath a bridge in South Florida, in Miami area. And it was a Saturday. And I called the medical examiner's office. And if I tell you, I spent the entire weekend communicating with them to try to confirm whether or not this person was Nami from the clothing that the person was wearing, you know, could we confirm whether it was or wasn't Nami, to, okay, Nami's dental records and her, her Nami's dental records are in NamUs, in the National Missing Person um, Directory. So they, that's where they access their information in terms of DNA, in terms of, um, in terms of DNA, in terms of, uh, of, you know, all the details about a particular case. So they had her dental records in there, and, and, and the young lady, Brittany McClurin, spent the entire weekend on the phone with me. Brittany and I have, if I tell you I am on a first-name basis with the medical examiner, it sounds a little strange, but that's that where. Is, that that's is so where, unique that they would yeah, have taken that time and to invest in, you know, I just, when I heard that, I went, wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, Brittany was on the phone with me the entire weekend. And I was sending her information. She was asking me, do I have any particular, you know, any, any particular uh, birthmarks? Or I, I, I started to go through my pictures. I sent her a picture of Nemi's birthmark on her face. I sent her a picture of Nemi's birthmark on her arm. I sent her. And ultimately, it was a question of, you know, the, she couldn't make a positive identification one way or the other until the dental was confirmed. And she said, I'm not, she's not, I, I, there's a special terminology for the dentist that handles, you know, um, um, in the medical examiner's office. I a forensic what the dentist, is, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So he was not going to be there till Monday. So it literally was, on, was at about 10 in the morning that she contacted me and said, okay, he looked at it, it's not near me. But <sighs> her and I spent the entire week on the phone. If I tell you the fact that she took the time to talk to me, that, that, in, that at one point I even spoke to someone in NamUs, to make sure that Nami's information in terms of her, her, her dental records were accessible to them. It, it, the, the communication we had the entire weekend was amazing. And, of course, the entire weekend, my husband and I had our hearts in our, in our, in our hands the entire weekend because it was, such, it was such a strange and bittersweet feeling because I'm going to tell you what we were feeling that weekend. Part of us was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I don't want it to be Nami. You know, Nami, you know, found underneath a bridge somewhere in Miami. No, you don't, you don't want it to be near me. And then part of you goes, you kind of, which was terrible. You feel guilty, but kind of you, part of you was like, well, maybe I do want it to be her because I want to find her. You're so desperate to find her, yeah. you know. Wow. And it was so early on that it was it was so hard to understand and try to process what you're feeling and how you're thinking. It was an extremely emotional weekend. But Brittany was amazing. And so Brittany McLaurin, I called her in March and said, Brittany, come out. Do you have something? Want to put out information about 
missing persons, want to put out information, come and share this space with me, this forum that I've been given. Let's share the space and bring your information out there. And Brittany and her department had just started, they're starting to go out to universities um, with these huge boards of unclaimed persons. These are you people mean like that have a made poster it to, board with 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 it's a, it was a huge board. People? It was a huge Yes, it was a huge poster board. It must have been probably I would say four by six. She brought two of them. With faces, they were artist rendition artists renditions of people that have been found, processed in the medical examiner's office and never identified. So their goal is to try to identify these people. So she came out with these two huge boards. It was the first time she had done a community event. She said, we've done this in universities, we've done this in forensics, you know, forensic uh, departments for universities, but we've never gone out to the community and do this. So she brought that out. And she brought, it was amazing. It was very impressionable. And she brought out the small little carrier for babies because she said one of the things that Miami-Dade medical examiners is experiencing right now is a lot of child, a lot of infants being passing away for for a lot of different reasons. A lot of it is people not knowing how to properly put your baby to sleep. You know, you think, oh, this is great, all these beautiful little cushions and pillows in the in the crib. Those are the worst things you can put in the crib for a baby. So she was trying to educate the community. So she brought so 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 Brittany McLaurin and and her crew from the medical Miami Dade Medical Examiner's Office. They came. They put their information out. Alyssa what was and the, David the response in. to the community from the community when they came up to your tent and all of that? What was oh my were god? They, like, they were so impressed. They were. They were so impressing. I can't believe there were this many people. Because you think about it, how does someone go missing or someone is found dead and no one is claiming them? That is like the mm-hmm. saddest thing. No one, no one has identified. No one's come looking for this person. Um, so. So they came and they put it out, and, 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 a lot, and there was actually one person who said they thought they recognized one person on there. And so, McClum, so Brittany was going to continue to follow up with the individual wow. from the neighborhood who said, yeah, who said they worked for a behavioral facility, and they said there was someone who used to always be in the neighborhood that looked like this particular person, so she was going to follow up with them. It's just, it's just amazing, like, like what the medical examiner's office has to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So I wanted to give them the opportunity, too. So she, so Brittany brought her information. Alyssa brought Q's information. Uh, Sandy brought Guardians for the Missing. I contacted Miami-Dade Crime Stoppers. We have, in the beginning, the family put a $5,000 reward with Miami-Dade Crime Stoppers for any information leading to NEMI, to, 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 to our, doing our search for NEMI. Throughout these past few years, we have raised that to $20,000. We have $20,000 for any information that leads us to NERMI. So we invited well, Miami Day Crime you, Stoppers to come out. Can you tell us where, if people are listening now, we want to say it at least a couple of times during this podcast, so that if people have information they believe that might be appropriate, or even if they have no idea, what, what would they do in terms of contact information? For well, they would case? contact... They would contact Miami Dade Crime Stoppers with the okay. with any information, information they have, and it's completely it's completely anonymous. Yeah, completely anonymous. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to give your phone number. They, you know, it's not about getting your name and your information. It's about getting Nami's information. It's about getting mm-hmm. her. It's about finding Nami. So the focus is always on um, the focus is always on 
you know, the anonymity of the phone calls. And so, so anyone who has any tips would call um, 305-471-8477, which is the Miami-Dade Crime Stoppers line. And it's all anonymous. They give you, I think it's, a, it's, it's sort of like a code they give you, and that's how you, how you can call back to see if your code is going to be given any reward money. There's no names. There's no contact numbers. It's, it's, it's all very anonymous. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, so we invited them to come out as well and, and, and thought this was a great place. We asked them to bring out, in the past, we had done events where they gave out these child ID kits, so Miami-Dade Crime Stoppers brought them out. So we distributed packets to people who came up to the, to the booth, and it was Nami's flyer. It was information on the organizations. It was the child ID kit. Um, you know, we put in candies just to kind of give to people. And then I had put together, I'd ordered from an organization, from, from, from a company, forget-me-not flower seeds, these little forget-me-not flower seeds. And so I attached Nami's flyer to that, and we gave that out to everybody that was at the event. Um, you know, just try to find a way of, reminding people about her disappearance and kind of giving them something to walk away with that they're not just going to throw a flyer away, but that they're going to actually look at it because it's attached to something else. Because, yeah, so, that's, that's a very good strategy because people collect things at conferences or fairs and then it just stays in the bag or gets thrown out. So if you have something else that you can attach to that, that maybe they'll use. You know, people like those right. goodies, right? Exactly, or, or, exactly. That, so that event was very good in March. I mean, and we did one... And Q had actually come out for us in October during yeah, their road trip. Yeah, tell us about that one because you were interviewed, right? Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, my God, it was wonderful. So so uh, Monica had called and, and said, yes, she was going to be able to add Nami's, um, Nami as one of her stops on, on the road to remember tour. They go on this one-week tour, and they make so many stars. God bless them. Um, and... So it was, it was a, I believe, a Thursday morning, like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and so, so right away you think, okay, so what am I doing at 10 What kind of an, an event am I going to create at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday when mo- everyone's working and everyone's, you know, how do you get people out? <laughs> so so, so how we, you? we decided, yeah, what do you do? So, so we decided, you know what, let's do like a little roadside stop. So, so in the ma- major intersection right near her home, we decided, you know what, we'll go out there. I had huge posters, 24 by 36 posters put on boards, and we literally, like, at every inter- every corner had these huge posters with her information. Um, and then what we did was I made bottled water labels with her, her missing person information and Q's uh, logo, and we distributed anyone, any, all the cars that stopped at the intersection. We gave them water bottles and her flyer. But the water now, bottle also had the information. How, so how much it, information was this like? Um, this like name and and date missing. I mean, it, was it like a little tiny narrative with her picture? What what was it when you say label? Well, it was well. If you think of the bo- if you think of the the bottle label, it was exactly the f- wrapped around the entire bottle, the same way, the same size, maybe an inch and an inch and a half on the top of the bottle. It had her photo, it had the date she was missing, it had the reward money, the twenty thousand dollar reward money, and it had the number really? to call. Yeah, it had yeah. So we put that on and we passed that out because we figured same thing. We give the flyer. Well, they'll drink the bottle, they'll hold the bottle for a little bit. We know because they're gonna drink the water. So. So we did you do that, that out, or and, was and, there a company that makes those labels for you, or did you do that yourself no, on the honestly, computer? 
<laughs> I, did, I did it myself on the computer. Honestly, I did it myself you on the computer. Did it. it literally was a it was a letter size paper with like five like six of the of the strips going across. It just so happens that if you take an eight and a half by eleven sheet and you cut a little strip, the the length the width of it is perfectly wrapped around the bottle. So it, I literally just did it on the computer myself and printed it and 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 cut them. And then at the event and his and here and this is a this is a really interesting picture. At the event. First of all, the police department, I told them, listen, Q's coming out. You know, we'd like for you guys to support us. If I tell you they came out in full force, on bicycles, yep. in vehicles, on <gasps> motorcycles. Wow. That's, my, wow. Sister-in-law, my sister-in-law turned to me and said to me, who's in the police station? She said, I'm a little concerned. I said, why? She goes, who's in the police station? <laughs> who's police in the neighborhood <laughs> when they're all here? <laughs> it, it was amazing. And they... Think about all, all this so far. I mean, isn't this like to me? This is amazing that they've been able to accomplish all this. Well, I tell you what, getting 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 Q to come out and then inviting the police. And if I tell you, the police were the ones that were standing at the corner with the bags of of bottled water and distributing yeah. it to everyone in the intersection. And then I had my husband. Picture my husband in the back of the trunk. He's 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 behind he's behind a, a car with the trunk open, literally gluing the labels on the bottles at the event. We were doing it on site with with one of the sergeants. It was my husband and uh, one of the police sergeants uh, standing there gluing these things. And and so do you even after someone has drunk the water. And uh, I don't know if they have tossed the bottle, unfortunately, or if they, I don't know if they have recycling in your area. Still, the information about her and her picture would still be on there even after they drank the water. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And we also gave them flyers, so they had the flyers as well as the bottle. Yes, they had the flyers as well as the bottle. So, yeah, it's just, it's just trying to find, like I said, it's just trying to find ways to, to go out to, to events and doing stuff to try to just remind the community. Um, at, the, at the event last month with um, Q and, and, and the medical examiner's office, if I tell you one of the really touching moments was that these three boys walked up to the, boot, to, to, to the tent and said, oh, looked at the picture and pointed and said, I know her. And I said, what? He says, I know her. I live across the street from her. These are like teenage boys. These were these were no these were like yeah like tween like tween age maybe you know like that that they're like yeah I live across the street from her. They were like young teenagers maybe thirteen fourteen and like oh I remember her from across the street from me. Mm -hmm. My heart sank. My heart sank. And I was Uh. like he was like I can't believe she's still missing. You know it's just yeah it's wow. It's just it's just trying to do and and you know I think it's part for for us it's also therapeutic I hate to say this but it, 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 honestly it's what it is too it, it's something we have to do something we we have to do something we have to do something to to continue to to remind the community of her disappearance and to continue to do and take whatever steps or efforts we need to do to find her me yeah because that's the well, ultimate goal. I have a couple of questions along the way of you been describing when because Crime Stoppers is, is is involved. Do they um, let you know any information with regard to the volume of tips that may come in, or do they contact you only when they think something a tip might be significant, or how does that work? 
Well, they contact. They don't contact me. They contact the police department when there's a tip. Okay. They contact the police department. But do you um, get it? And they and and but I do call them every once. Okay. I'm sorry. Repeat that, Donna. How many? Uh, how much information is generated to Crime Stoppers? Do you get any sense of that? My sense has been because I do call them every once in a while, especially after mm-hmm. we do an event. You know, right. I call them because I think, well, maybe someone. Not much. Not much. They've gotten very, very few tips. Um, they've gotten very few tips, and 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 nothing has come out of anything that they've that they've received. So, mm-hmm. which That's is very unfortunate, obviously. Well, let me let me ask you this, and before we get into this any further, for your family, how and this this is something you know I think that would be helpful if you if you have an answer for all the families out there. How is your family handling this roller coaster ride when you either receive a tip or or you find something on the computer? It is, is it or isn't it? You know, it's up and down and up and down. Is there anything right. that you can share that a way or something that you do? How do you handle that? Well, you know, Obviously, it's 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 very hard. It's very hard because, um, like I mentioned before, it's it's that you know you, you kind of want it and you don't want it to to to, to be an answer. Um, when we go through certain things where where we think it might be something that's going to lead to it, it might be near me if we get to those points. Quite honestly, my husband and I keep it to ourselves until we know. We don't we don't we because we I guess protect the family. Mm-hmm. We, we we protect the family. Um, I can't every time I, I think there's something that comes up, you know, inform the entire family. First of all, it's a huge family, <laughs> and I love them to death, but it's a huge family. But no, but but you know why why put them, them through put their expectations through, through, up and then down again, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. That's, so, that's so my good. husband and I, you know, um, lean on each other. We lean on, the, on like I said, the few, the few family members that that have been that 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 are are are. are we're, I would say, I guess, we're more proactive. You can say that we're, we're the representatives for the entire family. Um, we we lean on each other. That small group that I mentioned to you before. We lean on each other for and, and discuss these things, but we don't share it with the entire family because unless it's gonna, it's actually gonna. Something's gonna viable's gonna come out of it. We don't we don't share it with with everyone because it's just too much, you know. Um, so it's self protection. Exactly, it is. Right. It's protecting the family. It's protecting the family, and uh, and 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 we lean on each other. As far as how we handle it, we lean on each other for support. We lean on our faith, on each other, mm-hmm. and our faith, and 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 pray that that at the right time, you know, we will we will find them. We will find them. And I have every confidence in that. I really do. I have any confidence that we will find Emmy, but it's just you know, getting her information out there. It's just it's just getting the right person to come forward. Someone knows something. Well, with all the concerted effort that you're doing, I you know what I, I would tend to think that, you know agree with you. Uh, can you? Uh, I think these the issues about you know how sh- what should you do to protect the family are very important. And uh, but I'm also wondering, are these the same initial detectives? Or um, police that started with the case, are they continuing or has it passed through other hands? Or is there, in Miami-Dade, is there a cold case unit? What, how does that work right now? Well, the, from, from the beginning of Nemi's case, the, the sergeant and the lead detective on her case has changed once, which is, which is 
not bad considering it's 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 over four years. I've heard of cases where where there's a lot of turnover and and cases get just moved around to different people constantly. We we're on our second, we're on our second mm-hmm. sergeant and our second detective. Um, um, so so it's not it's not a lot of, of of moving of hands within the department, which is good. The department is actually just had had some amazing um, promotions. They've been doing doing some some wonderful stuff in the community. Um, and they, they, they just, they have a new chief of police. He's been there from the beginning, supported us from the beginning. He was deputy chief. He is now chief of, uh, of North Miami Police Department, Larry Jeriga, who loved Nermi, loved Nermi too, like the rest of them. And so very committed to finding Nermi. So they won't, they, they're not classifying this as a cold case. They continue to work on it and they continue to do what they need to do. Like I said, they don't share with us because, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for some of the other family members. I have to kind of talk to some of the other family members down and say, well, listen, you know, you know, they can't tell you everything. I don't know what they're doing. They're, you know, I have to respect that they're working on it. I, they're not going to tell me, you know, every phone call, everything that they do, you know. But um, but I do have confidence. I know that they're working on it. I do feel that they're working on it. I know right. it's personal for them. So, can you, and that's can important. Can you sh- share whether there was any kind of of evidence whatsoever they had anything to go on that was tangible substantial or is there just nothing nothing there's nothing that's what's a very strange there's nothing. there's nothing there's no evidence that's what's very strange about this case it's almost like you know the fact that that the door was unlocked um and she wasn't home but there was nothing out of place there was nothing you know there was nothing to indicate anything took place in the home there was nothing we we have no idea where Nami is we have no idea and now we have through the through a through a number of organizations that we've that we've that we've found online the same way we found Q we found um, Peace River Search and Rescue we found uh, Guardians for the Missing we found all the other organizations the we have also as a family coordinated physical searches of Nami in the in her neighborhood we have actually we had organizations come out for us and search she's not far from a canal um, we had them come out with their search and rescue dogs they searched around her properties, all through, through the, in the neighborhood. They put dogs on boats. You know, there are dogs that are spe- specifically for scent, certain scents, and um, they put specialized dogs on the water to look, to look for her. Nothing. We've, had, we've, we've, we've been able, and the organizations have been absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing. I just, what, what these organizations do um, how they come out for you, and they don't know you from a hole in the wall. They don't know who you are, but they, right. you know, just like a cue, they, they, they know what you're going through, they've experienced it, and they come out and they're there for you, and they're so amazing. I mean, all of them. I mean, mm. so we've, we've coordinated a lot of that, too, with the support in the same situation. We coordinate something, we call the police, they're there for us. They support us, they close the roads, they, they do whatever we need them to do. And and have they been supportive of your self advocacy? Um, what you're able to do? They don't say, "Well, that's our job. Don't do that." I mean, it sounds oh, like you're doing not. some really good things. <laughs> no, you know, you know, um, Donna. No, and I'm going to tell you why. Because from the beginning, it's been a mutual respect, and that's and mm-hmm. that's what's you know. It's and I know it's hard. I know it's hard when people deal with. With the with with the uh, police departments, with law enforcement, you know, you get upset, you get frustrated, you want answers, you want to get, you know, you want to get upset with them, you want to scream. You know what? That's really really counterintuitive. That's really not not very productive. Um, you know, the best thing to do is to is to maintain 
a good relationship, and because this department knows Nami, you know, we've mm-hmm. been, you know, we, they've been very supportive of us, and we're very supportive of them. We 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 do not step on each other's toes. If 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 they, I don't I don't I don't get involved at all in what their investigation is. What right. we do is what we. What we, whatever awareness campaigns we create, we right away we let them know this is what we're doing. You know, if you can support us, and every single thing we've done, they've come out and supported us. They have. They've been amazing. Wow, that's good. And I think that's good for families to hear that instead of calling every week and you know yelling at them, this is this right. is a better <laughs> this is a better approach. And so, how often? In terms of the community advocacy and what you're doing, how often might you be touching base with them? I mean, there's no one particular Well, we go formula. out there. Right. Well, we go out to do – We, my husband and I travel, you know, and my and my other family members. We, we're usually in that area three to four at – least, at least three times, four, maybe four times a year. And whenever we do, we, you know, we call them, we touch base with them, you know, in between if, if – if you know, if I get antsy and I just want to say, hey, you know, what's going on? Anything new? You know, I'll call them and communicate with them. Um, so that's so. So we do keep communication with them. It's not a constant, obviously, because right. you know they have you know, they have a lot of work to do. I know that as much as I would love Nermi's case to be the top thing on on their priority, I respect and I know that that they're it's it's one of many of many components to what they do, and 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 I respect that. So. So we have great communication with them. They're very supportive of us, but we are we've been able to maintain that because we respect each other. Right. Respect, and they've never ever not supported what we've done. Never said don't do this, don't do that. Never anything we've done, you know, because what we're doing is we're doing it as a family. We're doing what we need to do as a family. They're doing doing what they need to do as law enforcement. Two different things. Yeah. Well, so. well, that's also important to point out. I mean, many families, some this tears them apart in ter- rather than bringing them together and unfortunately right. they, they don't have they don't have a list <laughs> you know so someone <laughs> someone has to decide to become a Liz and and be proactive and no matter what your family dynamic is someone has to kind of rise to the top and and be that person and even if it's not your normal role be, do what you're doing and on on behalf of people and I'm just a little curious about your Google searches. How much of a volume of um, information are you getting when you put in saying, you know, woman found Miami Dade? Is there like tons of things that you have to sift through? How's that? How's that process? No. Well, what I do is I, I do I, I I research Florida, Florida. I, I research Florida, not just South Florida, but I'll put Florida. So if I if I go on their floor and I put human remains found and I and I see a, a story that was on on the computer about human remains found in whatever whatever city it is in, I'll research what county it's in, and then I will reach out to the medical examiner's office for that county with the means information, you know, obviously an email saying who I am, you know, I saw the story, I attached the link to the story, I saw the story, you know, I just want to confirm, you know, can you can you confirm to me? if this, you know, may or may not be my sister-in-law. And if I tell you that every medical examiner's office that I write to will write back right away. They're very, very responsive. Is and that right? In, and in, yeah, they're very responsive. They, I have to say that they, they, I've never had a case where I didn't get, a, where I didn't get a, a, an email back from, from a medical examiner's office. Uh, 
and all their information is on is on in the, in the computer. It's all public record. So as far as you know, emails and contact numbers for the medical examiner's office, it's all on on, on the internet. So I'll reach out to them, and I always get a response back. And in NamUs, there's actually um, a section on, on individual cases on the unidentifieds because there's a section for missing persons, but there's a section also for the unidentifieds. And right. I I will go on there as well and you put in a certain criteria. Like if I put a criteria from as of February of 2014, it's a woman, it's the state of Florida, everything will come up if there's someone who's unidentified who might fit into those criteria, and I'll do the same thing. I'll reach out to those medical examiner's office and, and give the information. What they will do, and I've, I've come across a couple of them, is what they will actually, in the record for the unidentified person, list that they have ruled out someone, and it'll say, you know, ruled out Nomi Gonzalez as being this person. Really? They do put that so yeah. it's not a matter of... Yeah, they do. Okay. Very, very interesting. Um, I, you know, I think that's, maybe that's a tool that a lot of families have not, have not um, happened upon. And not to right. say that every state in the nation will be as responsive as yours, but but hopefully they will. I know we, we've had the right. chief medical Absolutely. examiner from from uh, Maryland who is a wonderful guy, and I'm sure he would right. be as responsive. So we want to point that out. And in the, right. we just have about two minutes or so. I want a couple of things. Um, what, do you have something that you're planning in the near future in terms of a committee event that you want to let people know about in advance or what, what's your next Thing, um, that, that no, we haven't. We, we, right, no, we haven't set up because we just did an event last month, so we haven't set up our next event yet. Um, but we will do something probably towards towards the latter part of the summer. What I try to do is see if there's what events are taking place in the city as well. Like I've been to, they do a lot of this, uh, which is really wonderful. In, right in front of the police department and right in front of their museum of uh, contemporary art, there's a little plaza, and they'll do like jazz on the plaza. They'll do events in the plaza. So. I'll a lot of times try to figure out, find out what events they have going and then participate in their events. So that's probably what I'll do. The next step will be another one of the community events. But some of the other things I just kind of want to mention because I think it would be good for, your, for your, your people to know is, is you know, billboards, we've get, we have a out front media. We've contacted them from the beginning. Every year I shoot them information, tell them that means missing. It's the second year, third year. They'll put a billboard up displayed huge every from from the major highways in south in south miami bus shelters and benches i've reached out to the media companies there and put her information in, on the on them as well um entered them into are they the doing inside this for of, free they do it what we did with the bus shelters and the bus po- is we paid for the posters and then they put yeah. it up when they when they have unleashed time on on right. on, the, on the shelters is what they would do yeah but okay. my main thing, you know, I think I think the the message that I I think the one thing I'd like to just say and 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 is well number one, you know, it's time. It's 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 a long time that Nami's been missing. It's been over four years. Um, for us, time has become endless. Um, Tennessee Williams says time is the longest distance between two places. Well, those two places for us is just it's just you know having her here and and knowing where she is 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 become very very difficult. But you know we are. We are committed um, to not lose faith, not lose hope that we will find Nemi. And one of the one of the shining, or however you want to describe it, one of the 
amazing things that that and I mentioned this to you, Donna, um, in 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 going through this experience is the humanity and the love that we've that we've experienced. Um, we thought we understood what it is. You know, we all we we think we know what love and, and you know we all experience love and empathy and compassion. 